Good afternoon, Lafayette. It's Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Talk. 96.5 KPEL 232-1542 is the number or use the KPEL app chat to be part of the conversation. It's your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by our friends just around the corner at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey talking, of course, about Service Chevrolet. Find new roads with service. They can help you meet all of your automotive needs. So I had a show planned right up until about 20 minutes ago, and a situation over on Ambassador uh, has kind of derailed that a little bit. So for those of you who are worried about traffic, Ambassador Caffrey is now open at the overpass. Uh, there was an issue there a little while ago. We actually have uh, a brief story up on KPL965.com about it. Um, that, uh, that story comes via our own Chris Reed, uh, Here's, here's what happened. Uh, there was a man on the overpass who was threatening to jump. And police responded to the scene. Um, as of now, Lafayette police are still calling it an attempted suicide and not a suicide, which is good. There was a large police presence that was seen in the area. An eyewitness has told us uh, the man who appeared to be middle-aged was just standing halfway up the overpass without a shirt on as traffic went by. Police responded very quickly, and we commend them on uh, such a speedy response and a peaceful resolution that did not end in tragedy. For those of you who are new to the show, I, I've, I've told this story every now and then uh, because it's a very important issue to me. I, I talk a lot about, I haven't done it in a while, but I, I talk a lot, I have talked a lot in the past about mental health and, and mental health crisis in our country. And it seems that we're seeing more and more mental health issues uh, in our community and around the community, uh, around the country. I, um, I'm going to just go, if you'll, if you'll uh, spare me some moment for a personal story, I don't often tell personal stories that that get this deep, but uh, if you'll allow me this this moment, uh, September eleventh, two thousand one. I'm not going where you think I'm going on this. September eleventh, two thousand one. I woke up. Uh, it was later than normal uh, for when we woke up. I was in middle school at the time. Uh, normally my dad would wake us up sometime between six and six thirty, give us time to eat breakfast, get dressed, get ready for school. He would take us to school before going to work. Uh, I woke up to the sound of footsteps coming up the stairs to my room. I had the entire upstairs to myself, this particular house that my parents had. Um, and I woke up to the sound of, of footsteps. Normally my dad just calls up the stairs telling me to wake up, but I, I heard footsteps coming up and I looked and it was much brighter coming in through the windows over my bed than normal. And uh, I looked at the alarm clock and it showed about 7, 7.15, something like that. We were woken up way later. My dad just kind of knocked on the door gently and asked me to get dressed and come downstairs. Uh, immediately, you know, the, the alarm's going off. I'm in sixth, seventh grade at the time. Um, we go downstairs and again, the morning of September 11th, 2001, and my dad 
my, my brother's sister and I are sitting on the couch across from my dad, who is sitting on the edge of the coffee table. And he informs us that my grandmother uh, had died and had done so by shooting herself. Uh, and immediately he, it's the only time I've ever seen him cry. He immediately kind of collapsed onto us and hugged us, and we all cried for a good long while. And after that, the rest of the day was kind of a blur, except for this one part where I'm trying to watch TV, and every station is showing something going on in New York. And then we actually see uh, the second plane hit. I, 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 I remember seeing the footage of the second plane hitting. I don't remember if it was live or not. My, my timeline's all screwed up at that point, because, again, the day had been so screwed up. My grandmother was an alcoholic and was going through depression, going through a very severe bout of depression and alcoholism. She had gone to rehab. Uh, she lived with us briefly. Um, she was living by herself at this point. We have no idea how she got a gun or anything like that, but she had one at her house. She was living alone. Uh, she and my grandfather had split up. They'd gone through a divorce. Uh, and... So we woke up the morning of September 11, 2001, to find that my, my grandmother had taken her own life. Uh, depression, mental health, suicide, suicide awareness, it's all super important to me. Um, mentioned this several times. I was in the classroom just shy of a decade. There were a lot of kids who had some problems, and, and we have counselors in schools, but the counselors aren't always available, and sometimes teachers are the ones that these kids will vent to and share their problems with. So I, I've known a lot of kids who have been going through a lot of things, and several of them had been depressed and even had to, uh, even had to alert some folks uh, higher up about some of the things these kids were going through to get them the help they needed because I'm not a trained counselor, not a trained psychiatrist. I'm a great listener. But they needed more than I could give them at the time as just a teacher. I'm a teacher and a mandated reporter. So I say all that to say that this is a very important issue to me. And I'm very glad and very grateful to the Lafayette Police Department for apparently being able to uh, de-escalate this situation to where, again, when I asked for a comment from Lafayette Police a little while ago, Sergeant Robin Green texted back and said the words attempted suicide and that the roadway was open. So that is the good news coming out of this. The bad news is the mental health crisis in our country is still uh, very much a problem. And there are a lot of causes for it. We've had a tough economic situation. We had COVID. COVID, I think, when we look back at it decades from now, we will see that COVID, COVID-19, created a pandemic of mental health issues from children on up because a big problem that stems from COVID and the COVID shutdowns, the school shutdowns, the economic shutdown and all that, COVID forced us to be isolated from the rest of the world. Our nation's mental health issues, as they have spiked in recent decades, start actually with 
the introduction of smartphones with the iPhone and moving onward and that access to the Internet more readily than we'd ever had it before and social media and everything like that. Things got worse and worse. We further isolated ourselves from the rest of society. And then COVID-19 happened. And we were so isolated from the rest of society. And I think that, combined with a spiritual emptiness that we as an increasingly secular society are, are, are facing, this, this, this spiritual emptiness that a lot, of, a lot of folks in the country feel, um, the social isolation that we went through in COVID and even after COVID, um, and then a lot of the, frankly, political divisions in the country, I think, are causing a lot of problems as well. A lot of people, you know, we, we jokingly say things like Trump derangement syndrome, but people are really broken by our political system. And it's not necessarily the political system, but the political parties and the political cults that form around these people. And the idea that if you're not with me, you're against me. And we can't be friends, we can't even be acquaintances because we're on different sides of the political aisle or we like different politicians or anything like that. We have found a ton of reasons to isolate ourselves from each other in the country. And I'm, I'm really very worried about where America goes from here because We can spend all day, and we do spend all day. We do spend all day talking about politics and focusing on the news of the day and focusing on everything going on in the world around us. And we don't don't stop and think of the implications of everything that we're doing and everything we're going through. And And we know that... We just know that the, the, the end of the country, if you don't vote the right way, if America doesn't vote the right way, this country is over, it's doomed. And we've been saying that ever since George Bush was elected. Even before that, but especially with the coming of the new millennium, we've been saying every time somebody got elected, that was the end of it. One side was saying about the other. With George Bush, it was the end of America because we knew it. Some ignorant cowboy from Texas was going to get us all killed and and he's a spiritual nut, he's this right-wing uh, evangelical nut, all this stuff. And then it was Barack Obama, who's a communist, who's set to destroy the country and all that. And then Donald Trump was elected. Oh, my God, he's a racist and a xenophobe, and the world doesn't respect us, and he's going to start World War III. And then Joe Biden came in, and all this stuff, every single time. And if Joe Biden wins again this year, America's over. And, y'all, the country has a lot of problems. The country has so many issues. And yes, those issues will get worse if America elects the wrong person. But you also have to understand that as much as we talk about the Constitution and constitutional crises and this and that, what each side's doing to it, we also have to realize that Constitution is a piece of paper a piece of paper that has somehow created and maintained the greatest country and the greatest system of government on earth and not a thing that a single presidential administration can do will ever 
fully destroy it or the country. But yes, we do have to get in the right direction, but we have to stop. We have to stop putting our entire psyche and our entire social worth and our entire political worth into one election. Each and every election cycle is always, this is the election. This is the one we got to do it. And it's just one more thing that we are carrying on our shoulders that is causing us mentally and emotionally to start cracking. We as Americans need to do better. All right, let's take a break. When we get back, wrap this up. Then I want to get into the news of the day. The biggest story of the day is still immigration. I want to talk about the case in Texas. Jeff Landry made some comments on it earlier. We'll play that. I want to go over that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Shout out to Will, who's listening, and sent a message in through the KPL app chat. You can be part of the conversation by going to the KPL app chat, being part of the show. Love talking with you guys on and off the air. It's your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by our friends at Service Chevrolet. You know, they're Acadiana's number one Chevy dealer nine years in a row. Pretty impressive record, and you can see why if you just head on over there, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey, new and used cars on the lot, new inventory coming in daily. If you don't have a chance to make it over there, you can go check out their website, servicegm.com. If you do go over there, you need more than just, you know, the the new car or anything like that. They've got parts and service department. They've got a body shop, a collision center, fine line, custom auto, the watch. They've got everything that you need. If you just go check it out and see everything they have to offer. Service Chevrolet, find new roads with service. ServiceGM.com, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey is where they're located, just around the corner from here at the station. Uh, Check them out. You will not be disappointed. All right, let's take a break. When we get back, the news of the day. I want to focus on immigration because that is uh, hugely important right now. And uh, I told you guys yesterday, I think Trump should go to the border. I want to explain the border situation in Texas a little bit more get some background to it, and explain why this is such a major constitutional problem. Here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. 232-1542 is the number, or use that KPEL app chat to be part of the conversation. want to shift the conversation over to our neighbors in Texas. Because... Uh, We have a lot to say about that situation. I want to start with Governor Jeff Landry of Louisiana and the comments that he had about it. We support legal, not illegal immigration. We support secure and safe borders, not open border policies that allow criminals, human trafficking and drugs to pour into this country. We stand with Governor Abbott and Texas in reminding the federal government that under our constitution, states are still sovereign, and we have the right to protect our citizens. You know, Governor Abbott makes an interesting point in his public comments, and uh, the state of Texas has made an interesting point in uh, its legal actions against the federal government. Now, what you need to know Uh, is that a lot of reporters and a lot of Democrats are lying. You know, Texas is now putting razor wire back up in certain areas along the border, and Democrats and reporters are accusing them of defying the Supreme Court. 
and they're lying. They're being dishonest and intentionally so. The the Supreme Court did not tell Texas to take down the razor wire, did not tell Texas it could not put up any more razor wire. In fact, what you may not know is that the Supreme Court actually did not give a ruling that was about the state of Texas in any way at all. This is what a lot of people are missing. The court didn't rule on whether Texas could put up the wire. At most, it concluded that Texas can't sue the Border Patrol for cutting the wire. And that's not even a conclusion that the Border Patrol has the legal authority to do so. What the Supreme Court did is they vacated a temporary injunction. The Fifth Circuit uh, entered a temporary injunction against the federal government from cutting the razor wire. The Fifth Circuit could still go back and issue a permanent one in a few weeks. Um, but a lot of conservatives are upset with the Supreme Court by what they say, and, and that's part of it because it got reported wrong. And so their response was to that. Amy Coney Barrett, who sided uh, with Roberts and with the liberal judges, she has a, a strong record of not wanting to make big decisions in emergency orders. That's why she sided with them and wasn't about to lay out in this massive new uh, case precedent in an emergency order from the Supreme Court. She doesn't believe in that legal jurisprudence. Uh, she doesn't like doing big things on emergency dockets. The court in 2012 basically said that states can't try to enforce federal immigration law more than the federal government does. SCOTUS wasn't going to overrule that precedent, again, in an emergency order. That was one of the big things from what they decided. There wasn't an opinion. There wasn't a dissent issued. The court made this ruling, said the federal government, uh, the, that, uh, the court's motion, uh, the, the court's ruling to bar the federal government from cutting razor wire is vacant. There's no opinion. There's no dissent. There's no well-thought-out opinions from uh, Roberts or anybody like that. There's just, that's what the court said. And so Texas was not barred from putting up more razor wire, which is what the media and the Democrats are lying about. Um, now, what it is, is an interesting legal test that's going to continue going forward. Because remember, this was just an emergency uh, ruling against uh, federal action. This was a lawsuit that was brought about by Texas. And uh, according to a, a legal expert I was talking to, basically, these are some fairly novel questions in terms of legal jurisprudence, in terms of, of the Constitution and states' rights. Uh, it raises the questions of when a state can sue the federal government for violating state law. Now, there's state law now that's at play here. The court in 2012, you remember it was the famous Arizona case where the, uh, the Obama administration had uh, fought a, an Arizona law and basically said, well, we already do this, so Arizona doesn't need this law. And the court sided with Barack Obama's administration on that. This is basically tied into that, but it's a little bit different because Texas is viewing this as an invasion. And Texas and Governor Greg Abbott are making a pretty unique argument in that Texas joined the United States via treaty. It was not one of the original colonies. It did not go through the normal procedure of statehood. 
It is one of two states that joined the United States via treaty, the other being the Kingdom of Hawaii. There is no reason to expect that Texas would have joined the Union, would have joined the United States, would have uh, become a state in the United States if they knew that the United States would one day not protect their border with Mexico, their bitter political rival. And really, you can argue that if you go and read what the founders and what the, the Federalist Papers were all arguing about the the powers of the federal government, the fact that the states ceded certain powers to the federal government, they would never have done so if they knew that the federal government was not going to enforce the nation's borders. Greg Abbott is arguing, and they didn't argue this in court, which is interesting, but he's making the case publicly. Greg Abbott is arguing that this is a failure the lack of immigration enforcement is a failure of the Biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed by Article 4. Uh, I'm sorry, imposed by Article 4, Section 4. And it's triggered Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 of the Constitution. So what is Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3? No state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any duty of tonnage, keep troops or ships of war in times of peace, or enter any agreement or compact with another state or with a foreign power or engage in war unless actually invaded or is in imminent danger as will not uh, admit of delay. They're arguing that they're being invaded, and I don't think they're wrong. They are being invaded. Cartels are invading. Civilians are invading. And it's not a war as we know it, but the cartels are flooding our streets with poison what fentanyl and these other drugs are. There is gang violence happening on both sides of the border. Civilians in America are being negatively impacted. Illegal immigrants are running over, are running, uh, not running over, illegal immigrants are, uh, are overrunning our border cities and more. And the Democrats don't want to do anything about it. And that's the strangest part about it. That's the strangest thing here. The Democrats didn't give a damn about what was happening in Texas until Texas started shipping a lot of those immigrants to sanctuary cities, known sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. And then those sanctuary cities and those sanctuary states suddenly realized what the actual problem was. And did they get mad at the immigration problem? No, they got mad at Texas for playing politics on it. Texas was just following, just allowing those cities to follow their own laws. And as much as the Democrats want to act like it's a Republican issue, it's a Republicans versus Democrat issue, it's a political issue, it goes well beyond that. There's a poll that came out today that shows Donald Trump is currently leading Joe Biden 42 to 39 percent among Hispanic voters. It's not Democrat, not Republican, Hispanic voters overall. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, a lot of American voters are really, really worried about our southern border being overrun. And the Democrats 
listening to their faculty lounge talk from the, from the academic elites and the democratic elites in the country, their peers, all locked in their little bubbles of academia and, and self-righteousness, woke self-righteousness. Well, they all believe, honestly, that, na- that national borders are racist. That it is the epitome of white colonialism to have borders. And they think that if somebody wants to come to America and they're a different race, by God, let them come. Because really they think that will give them numbers in election years. And they're partially right on that. But there's also a huge thing. There's also a huge problem. Because all of the Americans who are here and can already legally vote, they're all furious about it. And it's just one more piece of data that works against Joe Biden. One of my followers on Twitter who's listening, PPC, points out, if you can have an insurrection without arms, without actual warfare, like what the Democrats say about January 6th, then what you, can, what you see at the border, you can actually call an invasion. That's absolutely true. The Democrats, the, this is their own precedent. If you can have an invasion by a bunch of people uh, losing their minds in the state capital, in the, in the federal capitol building and call that an insurrection and say that democracy was at risk, if you have hundreds of thousands of people flooding the border illegally coming onto American soil, some of them being human traffickers and drug traffickers and cartels and gangs and they're committing acts of violence and flooding our streets. You can absolutely call that an invasion. But the Democrats don't want to do anything about it because the Democrats are so woke and so intersectional that they don't they do not for a minute think that it's anything other than racist to try to deter it. Lastly, I want to play a clip that somebody else pointed out. This clip is six, 17 years, 16, 17 years old. And this clip is from our dear, dear friend, President Joe Biden, back when he was the running mate of Barack Obama. Would you allow these cities to ignore the federal law regarding the reporting of illegal immigrants and, in fact, provide sanctuary to these immigrants? The reason the cities ignore the federal law is the fact that there is no funding at the federal level to provide for the kind of enforcement at the federal level you need. Pick up the New York Times today. There's a city not far across the river from my state that imposed the similar sanctions. And what they found out is, as a consequence of that, their city went in the dumps, in, in, in the dumpster. Stores started closing. Everything started to happen. And they changed the policy. Part of the problem is you have to have a federal government that can enforce laws. This administration has been fundamentally derelict in not funding any of the requirements that are needed to even enforce the existing law. So, Senator Biden, yes or no, would you allow the cities to ignore the federal law? No. There you have it. Joe Biden's own words. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back in just a moment to wrap up the show. It's the Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. It's your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet. Our friends just around the corner, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey. Go check them out or check them out online, servicegm.com, to see what all they have to offer. If you're looking for a dentist, I do need to tell you that 
I'm thrilled to uh I'm I'm thrilled to be sharing with you uh the LafayetteDentist.com, Dr. Danielle Deku and Associates. Uh they've been my dentist for several years now and I uh I love I love everything they do to just make it a stress-free experience. I highly recommend that you go check out thelafayettedentist.com. See all of the services they provide. Uh, it's not just the usual dental work, uh, the cleaning, the x-rays, the the fillings, crowns, anything like that. Uh, cosmetic dental work as well to get things looking right, not just working right. But if you want to work on your smile, things like that, they, they offer all sorts of services. You can see it all. At TheLafayetteDentist.com, Dr. Danielle Deku and Associates, they take the stress out of a doctor's visit, which is hugely important to me because I hate doctor's offices and doctor's appointments. They make it so easy and so stress-free. Go check them out, TheLafayetteDentist.com. Before we go, I mentioned our buddy PPC on uh, on Twitter uh, also notes, you know, I can use Joe Biden's words against him all day. The great part, and this is what he was saying on Twitter, the great part about Joe Biden is that he literally wakes up every day a new man. He has no idea what he said previously, much less 14 years ago. And that's that's pretty much true. Joe Biden is uh, he's not the man he I mean, you you heard it yourself. He sounded so clear and so crisp in that uh, in in that uh, clip. That's way different than the Joe Biden of today. He's lost not just a step, but a lot of steps. He's, he's lost a lot in those years. And uh, I don't know. There's more talk about Michelle Obama in the background. I just I keep questioning it. She loses a lot of money and she loses uh, the opportunity to stay out of Washington, D.C., which she hated. But there's more talk about that in the background. So I don't know what the Democrats are going to do. What I do know is that Donald Trump should go to the borders, should highlight some of these things that we talked about today. All right. You guys have a fantastic day. Try to stay dry. A little more rain coming tomorrow. Uh until we meet again, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, or email Joe at RedState.com. The podcast is going live shortly. You can check it out. If you go to Substack.com and look for the Joe Cunningham Show, you'll find it there. Or go to Apple, Spotify, wherever you might get your podcast. Leave a rating and a review once you've subscribed. That way it helps the show grow, which we really need uh, in this new year. Want the show to grow. Want to reach a bigger audience. Need y'all's help to do it. Talk to you tomorrow. Bring your friends. It'll be a great way to end the week here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL.